Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent. I'm joined by my old Miss fan co-host, Marcus Raper. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, <laughs> Roll time, man. Uh, so let's jump right into it, Marcus. <laughs> Did you watch that Iron Bowl last week? Yeah, I watched uh, about the whole game. Dude. All right. So, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm already on high blood pressure medicine. Not a lot of people know that. But, <laughs> dude, that game, I I don't – like, I'm an Alabama fan, but I'm like I'm a realistic Alabama fan, you know? Like, when, when they lost to Texas A&M, I was cool, you know? Alabama played like crap. They deserve mm-hmm. to lose. Yeah. But that Auburn game was something else, man. Uh, me and Morgan were watching it. And uh, I was bummed out, just kind of down the whole game. With two minutes left, Morgan looked over at me, and she's like, this is over with. It's done. And then Bryce Young made that crazy throw. Number, yeah. number seven, whoever that was, made that crazy catch. Mm-hmm. And then four overtimes later, Alabama came out with a W. I, and- I actually – I thought Auburn had the game one, and they did. You've got to go for two. I mean, Dude, your quarterback yes. can barely walk. You, you shouldn't be in the place that you're in. I mean, Bo Nix went down. You know, you're, you're playing your backup. He's hurt. You cannot go into overtime with Alabama. And, honestly, they took it to four, which I didn't think they would do. Uh, that that you, one-handed catch by Auburn's wide receiver. Yes, though, man. yes. You've got to go for two, though, the end of regulation. Go for two. You, yep. you win or you go home. And, honestly, I, I feel like they could have got that. Uh, Alabama was, you know, they on their heels. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you let it go into overtime and – Nick Saban does what Nick Saban, you know, he's a, he's known for. He he's he's gonna execute. His uh his post game interview was one of the only times I've ever seen Nick Saban smile on camera. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think honestly, if Tank Bigsby, I think that's his name, the running back for Auburn, if he would have went, if, if he would have just went down in bounds on that last drive, true, it would have been, that, been that game too, over. Yeah, yeah, but. But uh, let's let's talk about this egg bowl real quick, Marcus. How how'd you like that game? Oh man, you know I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, and all these state fans hated it. I, I was actually nice. I had a uh, shorty, one of our fellow league mates in the in the ESPN redraft. Uh, he texts me probably halftime. He's like, "Congratulations!" I was like, "Man, don't don't put that don't put that juju on me. I know what you're doing. You you trying to you know do the reverse psychology and." You know, I said, it ain't over. There's a lot of football left to play. He's like, no, when I know, I know. And I was like, nah, we ain't doing that. I said, I'll, we'll talk. I said, I ain't going to mess with you. I said, we'll talk about it when the game's over with. So, uh, I kind of knew we had it won, but I wasn't going to say it until, until the clock kept, said zero. And, of course, they got to run a play with the clock on zero. So, you know, Egg Bowl's always uh, – they made a little comeback there at the end. So, uh, but, but besides Shorty – I've had people texting me, oh, my goodness, for three, four, five weeks, ever since uh, Rodgers got on his little run, you know. And they're like, oh, man, he's a better quarterback than Corral. I'm like, I, I, I just don't see it. Uh, they tell me, oh, he, he makes one read and run. I'm like, yeah, but he, he does, you know, he, he can do it. And, of course, that's what he done in the Egg Bowl. You know, he, he had some rushing yards. They threw them little screen passes, but State couldn't stop it. And, uh, you know, I'd done a rain dance about midway through the day on Thanksgiving. It was raining. And they said it was going to stop about 6 o'clock. I got out in the yard and danced around a little bit and done some, you know, some chantings like the like the Indians used to do. And it rained all the way till 10 o'clock. And I knew that would help 
help us because that's all state's got. I knew if they had to run the ball or had to throw the ball down the field, uh, you know, with the rain, it was going to hurt them. So uh, it worked out. And, man, uh, if, if you hadn't seen, uh, Corral ended up with the Connor Lee Trophy a couple hours ago. So best player in the state. He's going to hang around play the bowl game for us. Uh, so now everybody thought that he would jet on to the NFL, but the, the dude's a competitor. And, man, it just – I'm still, you know, a week later uh, – still ecstatic about it and i've i've i bet i've posted 20 uh you know memes on facebook lawn i'll ask her i'm like is it time to stop she's like yes please stop doing that <laughs> you're trying you're trying to pick a fight and i'm like just, just one more uh, because they would do it if state won you know they'd still be i'd had people true. calling texting for three weeks so man you know. it was a I think both games ended up being great games, man. There was it a, was. It was a Thanksgiving to watch, and it was a Saturday Saturday night or Saturday afternoon to watch as well. Uh, but man, I know me and you kind of on cloud nine right now. Uh, Alabama's got the SEC championship coming up with Georgia. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I'm not excited about it. Uh, I've watched that Georgia defense, and it ain't looking great. So uh, I, I'm just hoping they keep it close. Uh, I think if Alabama goes in and plays a decent game, I don't think they'll beat Georgia either. But as long as they don't go in there and get blowed out, I think there's still a way for them to stay in the playoffs. Uh, I was according, just talking about according to what happens and some of the other stuff. But I'm pulling for that because, of course, if Bama, if Bama gets put out of the playoffs, we're not going to get the Sugar Bowl, which mm-hmm. I think is huge for recruiting and keeping Lane Kiffin around going to going to the Sugar Bowl. So. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Alabama may be a two-win team going into the Final Four. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I know uh, in college football, though, you had – who was it? Michigan upset, uh, upset Ohio State. That was a oh, crazy game. And Ohio State dropped all the way to nine. I know. Uh, Michigan, nine Michigan's all the way – I think Michigan's all the way two. to number two now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – you got you got Georgia-Michigan. Uh, did Alabama stay at three? Or did Cincinnati yeah. go to three? Alabama still at three since he's at four. Since four. Yeah. Cincinnati should be in. Uh who do they play? I don't know. I can probably Houston. Google it. No, no, they play Houston. That'd be a tough game. I think Houston's only got like two losses. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm uh, I'm anxious to see how these final couple of weeks plays out. Uh, but jumping into today's episode, let's give a rundown real quick of what we got. We have a review of our Week 12 Must Start Must Sits, which we're back to our old selves, Marcus, or at least I am. Uh, we got the week 13 start and sit of the week, which has turned out to be a comedy section for most people. We have our Legion of Doom week 12 matchup recap. And then what we will do is we'll welcome in a special guest of Legion of Doom, a pretty close friend of mine. And then after that, we got a fun segment called the fantasy ghost of Christmas past, present and future. Get into the Christmas season a little bit. So, Marcus, let's go into these must start, must sits, which I really don't want to talk about. Uh, but man, let me just start off by saying this. Congratulations on hitting both of them, man. That was crazy. So who, who did you choose for that must start and what, uh, how'd they turn out? Well, it, it was kind of by default, uh, because Cooper and, uh, and Lamb not playing. And I actually thought there for a little while, it took Gallup uh, a little bit to get going, uh, but I told you start Michael Gallup for sure. And, uh, and if Lamb said, I said, go, you know, you can, you can start two, uh, two Cowboys receivers, which Cedric Wilson as well. Gallup ended up with five receptions, 106 yards and 16 points. Wilson ended up seven receptions, 104 and 18 points. So this is probably my, my biggest hit on the must start. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, it's kind of by default because that's all he had to throw to, but, but Dak, you know, Dak done what he's, what he's known for doing. The dude can sling the football. So. 
Yeah, man. I know uh, some takeaways from that from your must start. Uh, number one, I did not realize how many CD Lamb shares that I have in Dynasty specifically, and a lot of my, my a lot of a lot of my redraft leagues, and so that hurt me this my, past week. I've got him in three, no, two, two redrafts and my FanDuel league, and it it killed me. So every single Dynasty league that I'm in, besides our Yellowstone league, I have CD Lamb in. Mm. Yeah. Which is a good thing, a good thing, because he's, you know, he's he's been pretty healthy, and uh, you know, going forward, they they can't keep paying all those receivers, he, even Wilson. I think Wilson's a, you know, a, a weekly, uh, you know, second third receiver on another team. I wish yeah. I wish Green Bay had him. Uh, same, but, same way with Michael Gallup, man. Michael Gallup. Oh yeah, uh, I think he's on a contract year this year. He, he is be a free agent next year, and Duke could go in and be a wide receiver two, wide receiver one for any team yep. in the league. But yep. that was going to be my next point: is I didn't realize how good that Dallas wide receiver uh, core really was. Yep. Um, I knew the three: Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and Ceedee Lamb were good. But man, and they, they've even they've even got the other guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, where's number one? What is his name? Uh, I thought one was Cedric Wilson. Is that Wilson? Well, there's another. I, I can't think. I, I'll look it up here here shortly. But they've got another receiver who's same way. I mean, he's he's a stud. Oh, you're talking about that? No, I think he's number seven. He's the guy that kind of looks like CeeDee Lamb. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I can't remember his name, though. Anyways, my, my must start for the week did not hit. Uh, like I said, this is becoming a comedy segment as we try to guess who to start and sit. Because, uh, honestly, one of us bombs every single week. So, I'm happy to take that L this week. Uh, I told you guys to start rookie sensation Rashad Bateman against the Cleveland Browns. Bateman started the game off hot with a couple of good catches in the first quarter. But after that, he didn't really do much. He finished his day with seven fancy points on four catches for 31 yards. Uh, I will say this, though. It did not help that Lamar Jackson struggled with that Browns defense. and Actually, three for four interceptions. I still look for Bateman to have a high floor every single week of about eight fancy points. Uh, I think the dude's a good little floor play in a lot of leagues, uh, specifically redraft leagues. Uh, but, Marcus, who was that must-sit last week? Uh, I told you to sit Kenny Galladay. That that ended up pretty well. Uh, he only had eight points, three receptions, 50 yards. And I watched a little bit of that game. Uh, I think it was towards the end of the game there where they went to him a few times. And he, uh, you know, he, he didn't he didn't produce. Uh, I'm not big on, on Galladay. Like I told you last week, I think he's got some receivers there around him. I will say, uh, going forward, you know, he, he does look to be getting healthy. So, you know, he, he may can be a, a piece there for you, but I wouldn't want to start him uh, if if I had to each week. No, nah, I would trade him away in a heartbeat if somebody yep. gave a good offer. Uh, my must-sit, once again, became a must-start. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys to sit Miles Gaskin with the expectation of Carolina's offense coming out blazing at the start of the game and being a negative game strip for the Dolphins. However, that did not happen. Actually, the opposite happened. Cam Newton and the Carolina offense fell behind early and struggled to get anything going against that Dolphins defense, which actually set the Dolphins offense up for a positive game script. Uh, Gaskin did only rush for 49 yards, but he found pay dirt twice, which gave him a fantasy output of 19 points. Uh, so congratulations, Miles Gaskin. You have broke your odd even streak. I'm proud of you. If you think about it, both years was caused by quarterback play. You Dude, thought, I know. You thought Cam Newton was going to have, you know, a great day and they wouldn't going to be able to run the ball. And Cam Newton uh, needs to 
to go back to doing whatever he was doing before he come back to the NFL. And Lamar Jackson had possibly his worst game of his career, throwing like four picks. And the only like plays that was made downfield was like chunking it up. And Mark Andrews making oh my goodness, I don't even know how he caught that one ball. Like oh, I, dude, it was awesome. The pass interference they, call. Yeah, they called pass interference and and Derek had him and uh they called pass interference and for like five minutes it didn't put his his yards up or his catch. And I was like, well, maybe they stick with the pass interference, which of course they come back and corrected it. Uh, just that I think it was a forty yard catch, so it was five points. I was like, Derek's gonna come back and beat me in the in the church redraft league. But yeah, I mean they, that that killed you both ways. I know, man. You know, maybe I just need to choose a quarterback instead and see how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Marcus, moving into week 13, man, who's your must start? Uh, my start, I'm going with Van Jefferson. Uh, he looks like one of Stafford's favorite targets. Uh, this this past week, he, he kind of took on that that Robert Woods role, uh, you know, uh, and, and Beckham coming along, people thought that, you know, Jefferson would fall back. But I've still got – I've got Jefferson as the favorite over Odell. You know, if you've got to start one of them, I'd rather start Jefferson. Uh, and of course they're playing a horrible Jacksonville defense. Uh, so I think, I think Jefferson's gonna, gonna have a good day. Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to get any and every Rams piece that I can to start in the Jaguar game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so with my must start, I'm going with Las Vegas running back Josh Jacobs. Uh, this dude's been killing it the past couple of weeks. He actually had 11 fancy points two weeks ago and 19 fancy points last week. Uh, and with Darren Waller being doubtful for this game, and honestly, they have a weak wide receiver core, I'm expecting Las Vegas to rely heavy on that run against the Washington football team. Uh, I actually expect this game to be a low-scoring game with Gibson and Jacobs facing off in our running back-friendly matchup. And so, uh, man, I know I pick Alabama players a lot uh, just because they're always, like, the first people that come to my mind. But Josh Jacobs, everybody kind of passed him off for dead this year. And he didn't have the greatest start, but dude's dude's being a reliable RB two for the last couple of weeks, and I think he continues it this week against the football team. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say my must hit this week, Marcus, and I'll let you do it. Okay. All right. So for me, uh, first off, Ben, Legion of Doom, Ben McCarthy, member. I need you to listen up. All right. Uh, I appreciate that trade request you sent me just a second ago. And, uh, you know, man, I, I, I contemplated it really hard. And I even talked to Marcus about it right before the podcast. And, uh, you know, I was close to pulling the trigger on it. But with that being said, I just rejected an offer for this guy. And I'm sitting Ty Johnson this week. Uh, that's the only reason I rejected that offer, Ben. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan this week, man. Uh, but for me, I'm sitting Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman if I have them. I know the hopes were high with Carter going down for the next few weeks uh, for Ty, Ty Johnson specifically. But the Jets offense is struggling so much here lately, man, that it's hard to trust any of them. Uh, if I have Ty Johnson and I spent that waiver priority or whatever on him, thinking he's going to be a starter for the next couple of weeks, I'm probably looking elsewhere like a Tony Pollard or Jamal Williams. Uh, I think you can get Jamal Williams off of waivers in some leagues. Tony Pollard may be a little bit harder. I think he's rostered in a pretty good bit of them. Uh, but I'm looking for somebody else to kind of put in that flex option. Uh, Marcus, who's your must-sit? Uh, this, this is going to come at – you know, a pretty big shocker uh, because he's – oh, excuse me. He's a stud when it comes to a tight end. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to set T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, 
he's, uh, you know, he's kind of been on and off lately. He's putting up right around, you know, 10 points on a consistent basis. He's had a couple off weeks. Uh, but the reason I'm saying that is they're going up against a Vikings defense that, you know, not a stud of a defense, but they shut the tight ends down all year long. If you look at the tight ends that's played the Vikings, they have not had a good day. They completely shut Kittle down. I think he had one catch yep. uh, this this past week. Uh, so, with Hawkinson going up against that, and I'm just not a fan of, of Jared Goff either, uh, I think that Hawkinson's going to – going to struggle this week uh so i'd you know i'd put him on my bench man it's tough because i know that if you have hawkinson on your team you don't want to sit him uh i know it's tough to find an option that you can start over him but i i think the biggest thing that you're saying there is that if you do start him don't have nope. high expectations for him. nope i'll tell you a guy tied in that that i'm looking at and i've actually got him in the in the legion of doom but the uh, i don't know how to pronounce his name it's the jacksonville jaguars tied in he's been on ir like all year oh o'shaughnessy uh, it, or whatever o'shaughnessy however you say his name man the dude i watched that game uh sunday and he 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 looks pretty good he's athletic he uh you know he's a big-bodied guy uh, he's, you know, looks like the basketball style where he's blocking folks out and they just throwing the ball up. But I, I think that guy's somebody to watch for the future. Now I'm not, he's not going to be a, you know, a top 10 tight end, mm-hmm. uh, but for fill-ins or, you know, if you're weak at tight end, I think that guy's somebody that you can pick up. Yeah. Especially with Dan Arnold being put on our. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, is this his second, is he out for the year? Arnold? I don't know. I, I, is this I, his first time going on our? I can't remember. I have to look on that. Uh, but real quick, before we get into our Legion of Doom matchup recap, I want to take time to thank our listeners, man. Each and every week, you guys end up uh, supporting us, giving us views, giving us listens, whatever it may be. Uh, man, the support that you guys give us, it means a lot to us. Uh, I want you guys to continue to do that, uh, continue to take time. Uh, I know this episode right here is going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one. We've got a lot of good topics that we need to cover this week. Uh, but man, we, we want to thank you guys. You're the ones that make it for us. Uh, I also want to take time to thank two of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Number one is Plowboy Radio Podcast, Plowboy Radio Podcast. Uh, these three guys, Derek, Ben, and Bradley, they shout us out just about every week. They have an episode, and man, it's a great podcast to listen to if you got some time. Uh, they talk theology, they talk about uh, man, God doctrines, Reformed Baptist doctrines specifically. Uh, so if you guys got some time, go over there and take a listen to them. Uh, it's not a lot of dry, bland theology stuff like some podcasts that are out there. These guys actually, they, they have good personalities. Uh, they have a lot of good takes and stuff too. Uh, Derek likes talking about food sometimes. Uh, ben is kind of like a, a funny version of Michael Scott. And so I like listening to it. And then Bradley, Bradley is a guy that's just, uh, it kind of reminds me of like Ron Swanson vibes. And so y'all, y'all go over and check them out, man. It's a good podcast. Uh, another podcast I want to thank for mentioning this every single week is Jab Step Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, ben McCarthy, our league mate in Legion of Doom, started this podcast for his home fantasy basketball league. And I actually just got done listening to an episode just a second ago. And uh, man, it's good. He uh, Anything basketball-related, NBA-related, Ben is mentioning it. He's talking about it. And so it's a good podcast to check out. It's a solo podcast by Ben. And so if you got about 30 minutes, 45 minutes to an hour just to check out some basketball knowledge. Check them out. Uh, this week's episode, he actually talks about his top five uh, pop culture episodes 
that are related to basketball. And uh, his top five was some pretty good takes there. The uh, only things I would change is I'd put Coach Carter in my top five for sure. Uh, but, man, uh, that's pretty much all the shout-outs and stuff I got. Marcus, you ready to jump into this Legion of Doom matchup recap? Let's go. All right, man. So each week we like to bring up our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom. Um, basically what the Legion of Doom is, it's a one-quarterback PPR league that I started back in January of this year. Uh, I just got some close friends of mine, some people I go to church with, some uh, father-son duo, a kid my youth group, my brother-in-law, a couple of pastor friends, uh, and then good old Robbie. And so what we did is we started a dynasty league, a couple of new guys at dynasty, but also some guys have been playing dynasty for a while. Uh, we got on sleeper and started it. And so each week, what we like to do is just basically talk about our matchups the past week, but more importantly for the average listeners, we like to talk about studs and does as well. Then after every single matchup, we have some conversation pieces that we like to bring up and just kind of have a little back and forth about. Uh, but before we jump in, we have to look at our standings before week 12. And what we had was, you had Robbie, Robbie's RKO, still sitting at the top at seven and four. After that, you had BJ Sweet Chin Music sitting at seed number two at seven and four. Seed three, you had Kelby's Rock Bottom at seven and four. In the fourth position, you had Derek's Mendable Claw at seven and four. Then you had Mitchell's Vertebreaker at six and five. Greg's Bro Kick at five and six. Marcus's Stinger Splash at five and six. Landon's Diamond Cutter at four and seven. Ben's Stink Face at four and seven. And then Adam's Hitman Sharpshooter at three and eight. And so running through it one more time, you had Robbie, BJ, Kelby, Derek, Mitchell, Greg, Marcus, Landon, Ben, Adam. And so with two weeks left in the regular season, actually this was three weeks last week if we're talking about it, uh, these next couple of matchups were proving key to see who's in the playoff picture and who's not. And so Marcus, let's break down this first matchup. No, I actually got a BJ Sweet Chin Music versus Kelby's Rock Bottom. Both teams setting and four, seven and four. Uh, we saw the seven and four teams face off for sole control of the number two seed. Sweet Chin was looking to find a much needed win, and Rock Bottom's looking to continue a solid four game win streak. So the top performers for Sweet Chin Music was Elijah Mitchell with 27, Dalvin Cook with 13, Brandon Ayuk with 12. Top disappointments for Sweet Chin Music was Lamar Jackson with 11 points, Najee Harris with only six, Devontae Smith with four, Chris Godwin with three. Then we had the top performers for Rock Bottom was Jalen Waddle with 29 points, Cordell Patterson with 27 points, Austin Eckler with 21 points, A.J. Dillon with 20 points, and the top disappointments for Rock Bottom, Tom Brady only putting up 13, Miles Sanders with seven, and D.K. Metcalf with only two points. Final score, though, was Rock Bottom, putting up 150 over Sweet Chin's Music's 90. So some conversation pieces, B.J., just real quick, and we'll talk about Cordell Patterson going forward. Uh, do you think that he is the running back number one for Atlanta next year? And if not, what do you do with him in fantasy? All right, man. So for me, I think Atlanta's going to start a rebuild. Um I think losing Calvin Ridley uh, and not really knowing what's going to happen with him as far as the mental health issues and stuff. Well, first off, I want to kind of make a side note. Uh, kudos to Calvin Ridley for taking time away from the game to work on that. Uh, we had a couple of episodes where we talked about that and stuff. But with that being the case for Atlanta, uh, I think they're fixing to jump into a rebuild. Uh, I think what you're fixing to do is see them move away from their uh, old heads, as you would say, their veteran players. And I think you're going to see them within the next year or two end up using their draft picks to get some studs at the positions that they need them at. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's got about another year or two left in Atlanta, then he's out of there. 
Uh, I think they're fixing to build that team around Kyle Pitts and their draft picks next year, which leads me to saying this. Cordell Patterson, I don't think he's going to be the RB1 next year. Um, I think what Atlanta's going to end up doing is they're going to use a draft pick, go out and get them a stud running back, and then after they get that stud running back, they're going to build them that team around that stud running back in Kyle Pitts. Uh, Cordell Patterson, man, he's been a beast in the fantasy community this year. Uh, dude has been going off. He is winning a lot of people leagues this year. Uh, however, if you've got them, honestly, my advice is don't sell them. Uh, if you can get something high from them, sure. But honestly, if you got them, you're a contender and you're probably going into playoffs. And so with that being said, hold that dude. Uh, you know, use them. If you got him and you are a team that is not in playoffs, sell them to a contender. Uh, I know Adam just did that and got Ramondre Stevenson, I think a second round pick, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a good trade by Adam. But on the same hand, I think it's a great trade for Kelby too because it's oh, yeah. that, that push. And so for me, uh, man, I think Cordell Patterson, I don't think he's going to be the starting run of that next year. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, they may move that man to wide receiver with Calvin Ridley being out. Uh, so Calvin Ridley may not even play next year, so he may end up being the stud. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll talk a minute about Kelby. Uh, we, we're going to start calling him the handcuff king. Uh, we need to change his finishing move to like a, a Jerry Lawler and be the king. Uh, so right now he has A.J. Dillon, who has looked like a stud even with Aaron Jones playing. He's got Alexander Madison who's looking to start at least the next two weeks, possibly more with Dalvin Cook going down. So, uh, you know, that's going to set him up for a playoff run with with two guys that he bought low that are going to be starters for the next few weeks. So how important is it to get the the handcuff to your running back in the later rounds? Are you trying to do like Kelby's done and and grab the handcuff to other people's starters? Uh, Man, I – I thought about this, and I actually think it's a hot topic in the fantasy community. Uh, if you would have asked me this question last year, I would have said grab your own handcuffs. Yeah. I would have said if you got Christian McCaffrey, grab Chuba Hubbard. Uh, that wasn't last year. The Chuba Hubbard's a rookie. Uh, but you know what I mean. You know, yeah, uh, it was Mike Davis. Yeah, Mike Davis. And so mom, moments <laughs> like that, uh, If you, I think for dynasty players that don't really know a lot, they would say those answers. But I think the more that you look at it, man, getting other people's handcuffs is what wins you leagues. You know, uh, for instance, man, I got Dalvin Cook right now, and Dalvin Cook going down to an injury and not having Alexander Madison, it hurts. You know, yeah. uh, and then like I, I know you you were kind of the same way. You had Aaron Jones there for a little bit, and seeing Aaron Jones get hurt, I know you probably got him in a couple of leagues to where when Aaron Jones went got down yeah. and got hurt, it hurts. You know, when yeah. you don't have Dylan. And so a lot of well, people, uh, like yeah. me, uh, the reason that we brought this up though, me and Kelby were texting this week, and Kelby said that the handcuff strategy didn't play out for him last year, but it did this year. Uh, with yeah. handcuffs like Devonte Booker, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Daryl Williams, AJ Dillon, Alexander Madison, them guys are winning people leagues this year. Yeah. Well, you look at you look at that's what I was supposed to say. I've got Swift, which I mean I'm probably not even going to make the playoffs, but but you got somebody who has Javante Williams on their team. Oh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams, yeah, that's fisting to you know that's fisting to push them, you know, uh, if they're getting in the playoffs, or whatever. Swift, I mean, with that shoulder injury and them, what ain't even got a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they could shut him down and not even play him the rest of the year. Which is whoever's got Williams is you know that gives them a starter that for a team that runs the ball a lot. All right, so at Legion of Doom, guess who has Williams? You. 
No, your opponent this week, Landon. Oh, Landon, yeah, yeah. That's what I told him. I mean, he caught me at a time where I've got to win, uh, and I I really don't even want to start Kyler Murray because I'm afraid he's still not all the way healthy, and then Devontae Adams on a a bye. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm not set up to – I've got to win out, and and unless just a miracle happens and, uh, you know, I think I'm having to start Zay Jones and Brian Edwards, (laughs) two receivers from a (laughs) – team with sorry receivers so oh man yeah uh, so going into our second matchup we had adam's hitman sharpshooter at three and eight versus Derek's mandible claw at seven and four this week we saw adam's team looking to scrape by and find a win without the mahomes heel stack because they're on a bye week you had mandible claw looking to continue his miraculous comeback season top performers for hitman sharpshooter was daryl henderson 17 fancy points and that was it uh, top disappointments for Hitman Sharpshooter was Jerry Judy, four points, Ramondre Stevenson, four points, and George Kittle, two points. It's a tough week. Top performers for Mandible Claw was the man, Leonard Fournette, 44 fantasy points, and our stud of the week. And then he actually started Kendrick Bourne in the flex, which gave him 25 fantasy points. And Hunter Renfro, who we told you guys to go ahead and buy for a playoff push, giving 22 fantasy points. Top disappointments for Mandible Claw was Melvin Gordon with nine fancy points and Emmanuel Sanders with five. The final score was Mandible Claw taking the dub 173 to Hitman Sharpshooter 71, which actually gave Derek a playoff berth, man. And so that's awesome to him. Uh, conversation piece, though, man. <clears throat> Marcus, right before we started recording this podcast on Tuesday night, uh, November the 30th, me and Adam ended up making a trade. Uh, like I said, I had Dalvin Cook go down. Uh, he's out for two weeks, which leaves my running back core with Damian Harris, Elijah Mitchell, and Najee Harris. Not bad, but not really that great. Uh, so right before we started recording, Adam went to the trade block and put Daryl Henderson on it. And after a just actually just one counter offer, uh, we ended up coming up with a trade. So I, I want your take on it real quick. All right, man. Not talking about winners or losers, uh-huh. but just your take in general. Uh. So in this trade, Adam received a 2022 early second round pick and a 2022 mid third round pick. Remember, this is one quarterback, 10 team, and I received Daryl Henderson. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start with you. Uh, You're setting it at, you know, seven and four, second, third seed going into the playoffs, Uh, you know. Daryl Henderson's going to put you in a position uh, to, to take down those top guys that you're going to have to have, you know, somebody at that flex with a 15, 20 point output. So from your side of it, I see that your team's also set up for the future. I don't think losing those draft picks is going to cause you to have a bad year next year. So I can see your side of it uh, going to Adam. Adam is last place in the league. He's got Cam Akers, who is eventually going to come back and be the starter there. Uh, if we talk about handcuffs, you know, would have been hard to keep Henderson. But uh, he had traded away all of his first-round picks. I don't think he had a second round. So those picks right there puts him back uh, like like we talked about. I think he'll end up, if he stays in last place, that'll be the 11th pick next year. Uh, so, it you know, it looks to, to put Adam's team back, uh, you know, maybe back where it needs to be. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Adam thinking uh, – you know, the way his mind works, he's he's an old Miss fan. 
he's probably gonna gonna trade away Patrick Mahomes, who's been disappointed in all year, and get a first round, maybe you know, a good bit more for that. Oh, he better get a good bit more for that. And, and well, he he's gonna go out with that number eleven pick and and pick up Matt Corral uh, when he gets drafted uh, by the by the Redskins. No, 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 the, the football team. And uh, that's going to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, the whatever. Yeah, my bad. That, uh, you know, that's 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 his that's his goal. Matt Corral is going to be his fantasy, uh, you know, starter to bring him back from the from the depths of last place. Uh, and and <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding, but I know I know there's going to be a lot. Uh, there's several Ole Miss fans in the league, so Adam's trying to get back up in those top spots because I was about to say, man, you know, good and well in this league with all these Ole Miss fans, Matt Corral's going to go in that first round. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why he would. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I've thought about it myself, but you know, we we've talked about the importance of a of a quarterback and outside of a super uh, super flex league. I, I mean, if you take somebody like Corral, I, if he goes to Washington, I can somewhat see it. There's talk even maybe with him ending up in Atlanta. Uh, but you I've, know. Heard, I've, I've heard Seahawks. Really? Well, yeah, I I, I heard something last night. Uh, what was they? It was talking about Russell Wilson last, like, as soon as the season's over with, like, a blockbuster trade. But mm-hmm. I can't remember who the team that they said that he. I heard, I heard I, Broncos for, for Russell Wilson, too. Yeah, it wasn't the Broncos. It was somebody else that hadn't been talked about before. And I was like, yeah, I can see that happening. It, maybe maybe it was like New York. Mm. I can't remember. I've even heard them too. Uh, still, you know, prepping Jordan Love at the Packers. May try to, try to trade Wilson for Rodgers, you know, but – I, I think once his contract's up, there won't be no trading there. I think he's going – that's why he went ahead and played this year. He's going to go where he wants to. But, but yeah, I see both sides of the trade. Like I said, it, it sets both of y'all up, you for right now and Adam for the future. So Yeah, and that's that's the best kind of trades, man. I, it is. For me, like I said, I don't, I don't really care that much about talking winners or losers, if I'm honest with you. Because, uh, I mean, you can honestly look at both sides of this and Adam trying to do a little reload and not yeah. be so top-heavy. Uh, that second round pick, the eleventh yeah. overall, may end up being a stud next year. Daryl Henderson may not yeah. even be a starter, and so for me, it just kind of helps me make a playoff push with Dalvin Cook being out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then for Adam, it sets him up to get a couple of core pieces next year. And that's what's good about dynasty is is you can make a trade to where it's fair on both ends. Uh, in a redraft league, it's hard to trade because you're trying to win the trade. And, and it works out that way sometimes, but it's usually by an injury or somebody not doing what they're supposed to do. As far as dynasty, when you can trade away, uh, you know, that's why I like the trade deadline going all the way up, you know, pretty close to playoffs. You can trade a piece away that you're not going to be able to use this year, but it help you in the future. So, yep. Uh, so let's go into this next matchup, Marcus. All right. You got Ben Stinkface sitting at four and seven versus Robbie's RKO at seven and four. Uh, being looked to break a two-game losing streak against the top-ranked RKO. So, top performers for Ben's stink face was uh, Joe Mixon with a great performance coming out with 32 points, Cooper Cup putting up 18, and Mark Andrews putting up 16 points. I believe it was all after halftime. Disappointments for stink face, Saquon Barkley with only nine, Kenny Galladay should have listened to me with only eight, Ty Johnson with only four, and Cortland Sutton with only three. 
Top performers for RKO, Matthew Stafford with 30 points, uh, Adam Thielen with 23, Debo Samuel with 21, out of the backfield for most of the day. Mm-hmm. Top disappointments for RKO was Nick Chubb, only five, Mike Evans with four, Aaron Jones with two, and Tyler Higby with one. RKO took the win in a close one with 125 over Stink Faces, 118. So, BJ, let's talk about these Broncos receivers. You got Jerry Judy, who's come back to impress, uh, or who has continued to impress, yet being underutilized the past few weeks due to rough quarterback play. Sutton continues to disappoint after a hot start. There's no denying that the wide receiver core for the Broncos is probably one of the most underrated in the NFL. So, if you have Sutton or Judy in Dynasty, are you holding, selling, or buying? Uh, man, so if I have them, I'm holding. Um, the reason that I say that is, is that I think Broncos go out next year and get them a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Elway's still the, the GM there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I see him going out and getting getting a quarterback. It may be Rodgers or it may be a rookie. Who knows? Uh, but I, I see them getting somebody that can actually throw a ball instead of Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Uh, I know when Bridgewater went down to the injury for a little bit, they had Drew Lock step in, and he looked terrible. Uh, and, man, I know Sutton's struggling. Uh, I'm actually in one league last year where I traded away in a uh, in the actual rookie draft. I traded Trey Sermon straight up for Cortland Sutton, and then I turned right back around and traded Sutton away for Elijah Moore and Deami Brown. And looking back at it, I'm happy with that trade because Elijah Moore is looking like he's going to be a stud in the future when Zach Wilson can actually learn how to throw a football. Uh, but, man, Sutton and Judy, I think, are two wide receivers that uh, are actually really good as far as struggling right now. I think it's just their quarterback play. Uh, I've sent out a couple offers this past week trying to, to get Judy in a couple of leagues. Uh, and, honestly, I think a lot of a lot of fantasy owners are in the same boat. They're trying to hold yeah. them uh, in Dynasty and just see what they got. I've actually, Adam's got Judy in our league and I know he's trying to prep for the future. So I've, I've looked at sending him trades for Judy. That's somebody who I'd like to have. No doubt. I think like you said, if, you know, they end up with Aaron Rodgers there, Judy and Sutton both turn into, you know, top 10, top 15 receivers. Yep. And that's the thing. They're not bad. They're not bad wide receivers at all. No. Uh, Jerry Judy's route running is top notch, man. Yeah. But going into another matchup, we had Marcus Stinger Splash sitting at five and six versus Greg's Bro Kick at five and six. In this week's matchup, we saw the father-son duo go up against one another. The injury-stricken Stinger Splash looked to put his son in his place as he faced a surprising Bro Kick. Top performers for Stinger Splash was Antonio Gibson, 23 fantasy points, looking good on that Monday night outing. Devontae Adams, 19 fantasy points. Cedric Wilson, 18 fantasy points. Marcus, the start of the week. And Pat Fryermuth, 14 fantasy points. The spot ended up getting put in the concussion protocol at the end of the game. Top disappointments for Stinger Splash, though, was Cam Newton, 7 fantasy points. Darren Waller, 5 fantasy points. DeAndre Swift, 2 fantasy points. And Alex Collins, 0.7 fantasy points. Top performers for Bro Kick was Aaron Rodgers, 32 fantasy points. Jonathan Taylor, 19 fantasy points. Miles Gaskin, 19 fantasy points. Michael Gallup, 16 fantasy points. Top disappointments for Bro Kick was the rookie duo of Jamar Chase, 6 fantasy points, and Kyle Pitts, 4 fantasy points. The final score was Bro Kick. The son winning 138 over the father, 103 in Stinger Splash. So, Marcus, I know that you ended up getting Antonio Gibson in a trade earlier in the season. 
Uh, how are you looking at his dynasty value right now? Uh, I mean, me personally, I'm super happy with it. Uh, I, I think, uh, as we talked about, they're a quarterback away uh, from competing. And I like Gibson. Uh, you know, he has to share some carries. Uh, well, not necessarily carries, but a lot of the passing work, you know, is is not his. But you uh, you seen this week after the injury that he he got most of the pass, you know, most of the catches out of the backfield. And I think you know they talked about early. Uh, you've got Ron Rivera there, who's with McCaffrey. You seen all the you know the PPR out of the running backs a lot. So I think Gibson going forward, you know, if he if he starts to get those those catches, uh, I think all year he's been hurt. You know, dealt with the the I think it's a fractured shin. He looks to be getting fully healthy from that. Uh, so you know, me personally, I've actually had a few trade offers people sent me for Gibson. I put him on the trade block there for a little bit, just see what I could get, and got some really good offers. Uh, but I just can't make myself sell him because I think you know I think he's a top ten dynasty back. You know, for the next few years to come. Yeah, and I agree with you, man. Uh, man, Antonio Gibson. He's he's one of the best backs in the league as far as talent wise. Uh, he's somebody that not a lot of people they they seem to overlook a lot. You know. Yeah. Uh, I still think that he is a top twelve, top fifteen dynasty running back. I think he's a great, great RB two for your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for him, man, like I said, I think he's a quarterback away. Something I'd keep an eye on. JD McKissick ended up having to get carted off the field last night or Monday yeah. night. And so it was something I would kind of keep an eye on as far as uh, you may end up seeing Gibson's value kind of increase a little bit in PPR uh, with McKissick not being there to get some of those calls. I will say this, though. Even before McKissick went down, they were actually throwing screen passes Gibson's way. They was. And, uh, he was getting about 15, 20 yards about every one of them. Yeah, uh, he, he, he looked explosive. I actually text you. We was talking last night, and that's – I've watched them play a little bit, but I watch a lot of red zone on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings. So I haven't seen just a ton and, and watching him, you know, to where it's the only game going on and him being healthy, man, every time he touched the ball, like he was exploding through the line for five or six yards. So, yep. All right, Marcus, take us into this main event of the week. Let's get this main event. It, we titled it the tale of two injuries. Uh, Landon's diamond cutter at four and seven versus Mitchell's vertebraker at six and five. And this week 12 matchup. We have two teams who have faced off who both dealt with injuries this season. Diamond Cutters had A.J. Brown and CMC uh, both deal with injuries throughout the season, as well as losing Raheem Mostert for the season. Vertebraker lost their top running back, Derrick Henry, for multiple weeks due to a foot injury. So, as they hashed it out, the top performance for Diamond Cutter was Josh Allen with 34, Josh Jacobs with 19, Gronk uh, put up 19, Darnell Mooney with 18. Disappointments for Diamond Cutter. Mike Williams with seven points. Darius Slayton with five. Gasecki with only four. Christian McCaffrey with three, uh, which was a bust of the week and put back on IR, ending his season. Top performers for Vertebreaker was T. Higgins with 23. Javante Williams with 21. Dontrell Hillard with 19. Brandon Cooks with 15. The disappointments from Vertebreaker was Scary Terry with only nine, Tyler Coughlin with three, and Jamison Crowder with one point. Diamond Cutter takes the win by five points at 129 over 124. So, BJ, with both A.J. Brown and McCaffrey going on IR, 
how bad delayed injuries like these hurt teams' playoff chances. Man, so I've been thinking about this a lot this week because I've I've seen a lot of teams who are on the bubble as mm-hmm. far as getting into the playoffs who have A.J. Brown and Christian McCaffrey, uh, mostly because, honestly, they've been out for a lot of the season, and even when they do play, they've been kind of not that great. Uh, and so I know it hurts teams bad in that aspect, uh, but something – we're actually going to talk about one manager here shortly, bring him on, who has both these players on his team. And I know his mindset is – is that, uh, man, if, you, if you've made it so far in the season without them, then you can continue making it without them. Uh, it does hurt because you spent a lot of draft capital on these players. Uh, in Dynasty specifically, I want to say Christian McCaffrey went in the first round, mostly first pick. And then in, back in January, I want to say A.J. Brown was a second-round startup pick. Uh, at one point, A.J. Brown was a Dynasty wide receiver one overall in a lot of people's rankings. And so to see him go down, it hurts. To see McCaffrey go down, it hurts. Uh, is there a way to come back from injuries like this? Yeah, and you got to make moves. You know, uh, you got to find ways to put wins together, uh, find replacement players and stuff like that. Uh, Marcus, I want to ask you this question. It's something I've been kind of debating on myself. Uh, do you trust Chuba Hubbard rest of the season? Not really. I and and the reason being is, uh, I think McCaffrey's something special, like. When he's healthy, he can do things that no other – like there's not another running back in the NFL that can match him uh, talent uh, and and the things that he does out of the backfield. Uh, I think that quarterback, they don't know where they're going. Uh, you had Sam Darnold to begin the year who looked good for, what, five games. Then he's terrible. And, you know, they've, they've went from this and that to they're all the way back to Cam Newton. I don't think I, – I don't look for the Panthers – I think they're still even in the playoff push or right outside of it one. Uh, but but going forward, they don't have, you know, they don't have the talent anywhere on the field uh, to, to you know, to make it to where you can trust him. I think if you've got, you know, if you've got McCaffrey handcuffed, you're going to have to use him. Uh, I'm actually in one league to where I'm uh, right, right at the top of, of everything, and I've made it, you know, without McCaffrey or what, what time I have used him, and I've got Hubbard, and I'm going to have to start him. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not confident in that by any means. Yeah. It's kind of where I'm at. I know, uh, in the church league, the redraft league, I've got Hubbard on my bench, yeah. uh, but I'm actually starting Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery. If Chase Edmond comes back, I'll put Chase Edmonds out there before I put Chuba Hubbard, uh, which yeah. also Chuba Hubbard's on the buy this week anyways. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, as far as the Panthers offense goes right now, is a good time to buy DJ Moore. Uh, yeah. I think they'll get that quarterback situation fixed uh, within the next year. I really do. Uh, even if Cam's out there, he's still throwing the ball to Moore and hyper-targeting him. Uh, so if you're wanting a cheap dynasty wide receiver one, like uh, one of those top 12 dynasty wide receivers, I'd go out and send a couple offers. Uh, I know in two dynasty leagues just these past couple of weeks, in one league I traded Michael Pittman straight up for DJ Moore. In another league I traded Debo Samuel straight up for DJ Moore. And so you can go out there and get them for a solid wide receiver, too, that's kind of overproducing right now. And so something I'd kind of check out. Uh, But, man, going into the Legion of Doom current standings, uh, at one, you have Robbie at eight and four. At two, you have Kelby at eight and four. At three, you have Derek at eight and four. So I want to stop right here real quick and tell you guys, Robbie, Kelby, Derek, congratulations on uh, solidifying your spot in the Legion of Doom playoffs. 
Uh, you guys are actually the top three teams, and no matter what happens over the next two weeks where teams are trying to fight to get in and stuff like that, you guys are a lock. So congratulations, uh, specifically congratulations to Derek, man. Uh, you have turned that team around, and uh, where a lot of people thought that you would be one of the worst teams in the league, you're currently sitting at 8-4, and four, so kudos to you, Derek. Uh, right outside the top three, you have me, BJ, at 7-5 and five at 4. Uh at the fifth spot, you have Greg's Bro Kick at six and six. At six, you have Mitchell at six and six. Seven, you have Landon at five and seven. Eight, you have Marcus's Stinger Splash at five and seven. Nine, you have Ben Stinkface at four and eight. And at ten, you have Adams Hitman Sharpshooter at three and nine. So you have Robbie, Kelby, Derek, BJ, Greg, Mitchell, Landon, Marcus, Ben, Adam. And so we're leading up to that, man. Uh, the top three teams are sitting up there, kind of top tier. After that, it's anybody's race to get in the playoffs, and which leads us to next week's matchups. We got some good ones, man. You got Adams, Hitman, Sharpshooter sitting at three and nine in last place, facing off against the top dog, RKO. Uh, this is a matchup where, man, uh, I like Adam and I like that Mahomes Hill stack. But with that being said, Robbie, take it easy on my man. Uh, after that, you have Stinger Splash and Diamond Cutter. And so with it, you got two teams that are trying their best to end up making those top six teams to find a way to get in the playoffs. And so that's a matchup to watch. After that, you have Stink Face versus Bro Kick. The way that Bro Kick's been playing, it's going to be tough for Ben to overcome that. After that, you have Rock Bottom and Vertebreaker with Mitchell being the last seed right now getting in the playoffs. And so we'll see how he does in his meeting with Robbie, or not Robbie, Kelby. But which leads us to the main event of the week, which I'm entitling the meeting of the ministers. You have BJ Sweet Chin Music taking on Derek's Mandible Claw. In this week 13 matchup, we'll see two teams in the top four face off as the youth pastor goes toe to toe with his head pastor. These two ministers will face off in this match that is sure to be a revelation with playoff implications. And so, Derek, I'm coming for you this week, man. I made a trade just a while ago to get Daryl Henderson. And so I'm, I'm trying to take you out, which, I mean, obviously you're still going to be in playoffs, but I'm trying to solidify my spot too. Uh, so we look forward to that in the matchup this week. Uh, Marcus, you got anything else before we introduce our special guest? Man, no. I, like I say, it, uh, I need to, to make some trades because I'm out of the playoffs for sure. So y'all, y'all send me some trades. <laughs> I got you, man. All right, let's call this guy up real quick. Maybe he's not changing a diaper. Uh, Every now and then, we like to invite a member of our home dynasty league, the Legion of Doom, to join in on the podcast and give their takes on players and send a message to their league mates. So this week, we have a special guest, man. Somebody we've been talking about a lot on the podcast the past couple weeks and that miraculous comeback season. Uh, He's facing a couple of injuries this week, uh, this past week, and we're going to be talking about that with him here shortly. But this week, we welcome in a guy that is a diehard Tennessee Titans fan, even when they suck. He roots for the Tennessee Volunteers, even though his wife has tried to talk him out to being an Ole Miss fan constantly. Uh, he actually just welcomed a newborn son into the world last week, and he's actually my brother-in-law and manager of the Legion of Doom team, the Diamond Cutter. Let's welcome in Landon Briley. What's up, Landon? What's going on, man? How's, uh, how was that introduction? Did I miss anything? Uh, no, you didn't miss nothing. You well, spot on, bro. You, you uh, did leave out he's the reigning champion. Of the Basilea Redraft League. That's true. You got to know that in there. He's the, he's the creator of the infamous trash talk TikTok. 
That's it. That's it. Landon, straight up, man. I think if you would have posted that TikTok, that thing would have went viral, man. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it was a, it was it took me a while to make it, man. I, I worked on it. I, I know for three hours making a video, deleting it, and it just wasn't right. And finally, I just screwed. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> dude just just imagine how long it takes like content creators on tiktok to actually get stuff just perfectly i, I can't i, I can't see how they do it man yeah. all right so landon uh first off man congratulations on being a boy dad i know that that's exciting and stuff how's life been this past week with the newborn at home dude it's it's totally different from going from one kid to two kid i don't see how people do it with three kids because i'm so stressed out with just two so kudos to you guys man but Ooh, it's tough. Yeah, so uh, I already asked you this once, but h- how long did it take from Mays being into the world before you got peed on? Uh, day two. Nice. Right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there, there's nothing quite like it. It's kind of a good little slap to the face, you know? Oh, man. So, uh, anyways, before we jump into the episode, before we jump into these fun segments and stuff, uh, what we like to do is just ask our guest questions so the audience can kind of get to know your fantasy football credentials and your background and whatnot. Uh, Landon, how long have you been playing fantasy football, man? Man, to be honest, I've never played fantasy football in my life until I met you. And that was in 2014, and I started with the Basilea Church. And I've been with them ever since. And that's that's the only fantasy football team I've ever ran. Uh, nice, up man. until up until the Dynasty League come in. And uh, so that's it. I, this is the only one I've ever done. And then when we switched over and you started this league and we went to the Dynasty, it, it was so different from the, the Basilea League. And uh, it, it takes a lot more planning, a lot more – uh, you know, you, you don't get new fresh players every year. You know, you got to keep the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little, it was a little confusing to me uh, trying to learn how to run it, but it's, uh, it, it's been a blast to do though. Yeah, man. You actually, like, like I said, man, Legion of Doom, it's a great group of guys. Uh, the biggest thing I can say about you though, man, you picked up dynasty fantasy football super quick. Uh, you started off the season kind of rough with those injuries and whatnot, man, losing Raheem Mostert, losing Chris Carson. That's kind of tough. But then, man, you picked it up right on there, and you're actually on the verge of a playoff push. Let's talk about that for a minute, Landon. Right now, you are sitting at seed number seven. You are one team behind. Is that right? Yeah, one team behind playoffs right now. You are actually one game behind the last seed for playoff push. Uh, now, like I said, I know it's kind of tough because this past week you lost A.J. Brown to R. Uh, I think he should maybe be back in fancy playoffs. I think he's got like a three-game minimum. Uh, and so I know that hurt. I know it's kind of tough losing a wide receiver like him. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is the news that came out this past week, I think actually today or yesterday, about Christian McCaffrey being put on IR for the second time, which basically ends his season. Uh, how does it feel losing losing McCaffrey after you spent that one-on-one on him in the startup? Uh, it, it really makes me sick because I had a trade offer last week for McCaffrey that I probably now I, I should have took. But uh, I skipped over it hoping that, that uh, I could keep McCaffrey. And uh, because every time he plays, it's 26 points, 30 points every time he plays. But he, he hasn't played much. Yep. So I've kind of scraped by and, and without him. And then A.J. Brown, uh, it's kind of a good thing that, he, that he's going on IR because it forces me to play somebody else where mm-hmm. A.J. has only done 
nine, ten points all year. He's really done nothing all year. So it kind of forces my hand to play somebody else that's potentially could score more points and usually does. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to force my hand to, uh, to play somebody that's actually going to score some points. Yeah, man, that's true. It's something <clears throat> me and you talked about last week at Thanksgiving. Uh, I remember talking about and like telling you, hey, man, uh, AJ Brown's going on IR and stuff. And the very first message that you sent back was, well, good. That means I ain't got to start him. I can put somebody else in there. Uh, but, man, uh, what, do you, what do you think your chances are of squeaking in? Uh, yeah, like I said, I've done it most season without McCaffrey and without AJ Brown by playing some of the other guys. And, and so, I, re- I really, I, I really think I got a good shot at it. I got a lot of, a lot of players that's, that's really come out, and the injuries is not just on my team. Everybody suffering now, and uh, so I, I really think I got a good shot. Um, I'm giving it all I got. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. You've had a great, great, great comeback season. Uh, you and Derek both, man, y'all are right on up there. Ben, not so much. Uh, but anyway, so a couple questions real quick. Uh, I gotta know, man. Why? Why the Titans? I know the obvious answer, but I I want to know why. Why the Tennessee Titans? Well, it's you know I lived in Tennessee my whole life, born and raised, and we had nothing but the Tennessee Volunteers. It's, you know, it's kind of like living here in Mississippi. You have no professional sports team, so I didn't have anything growing up. And then when they moved the Houston Oilers to Tennessee, that was one of the greatest things ever. And uh, so from day one. I was a Titans fan. It was two hours of the stadium. So, you know, I, I, I would try to catch a game every year. Um, and, you know, just moving home to my home state, that that's that kind of – there was no no other team, you know, uh, that I, I really rooted for. And then uh, when they came, that, that was it. All right, so follow and It's, it's kind of like, like here in Mississippi, you know. If, if y'all had somebody like the New York Jets that moved here – you all got – y'all would all be Jets fans, you know? <laughs> hey, man, Zach Wilson for life. Uh, <laughs> all right, so who who's your favorite Tennessee Titans player? Like, of old, from the time that they moved to Tennessee, whatever, who, who was your number one guy? Uh, I was Steve McNair. Steve McNair was, was – he was so fun to watch. He was – he was he was great. Um, and, uh, I, I, hate, I hate that, you know, he, he took his own life like that, but uh, – but as far as football goes, he was a great guy. He was a great man. He was he was he was really good athlete. Yeah, and he gave Tennessee hope, man. I know. I me personally, one of the first football games that I genuinely remember growing up that I paid attention to and watched was that Super Bowl between them and the Rams. The one that came down to that one yard line, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was not a Tennessee fan, but watching that game made me hurt. So bad for for Tennessee yeah. everywhere, man. All right, so next question: Who's your favorite player right now in the NFL? If you just had to choose one, as far as like it can be fantasy related, it can be just somebody you like to watch. Uh, who 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 do you think? Well, I, I I really I really like this guy because of his character, uh, the, just the way he carries himself, and I've watched him from day one, and he's been my number one from day one, and that's Tom Brady. Um, he, he's he's a general on the field, man. He's he's a general in the locker room, and uh, I just I like his personality. I like everything about him. So, nah, so you know, that's my guy, Tom Brady. I'm in the camp of Brady being the goat. I know Marcus. I think you're you're right alongside there. I know we we weren't there two years ago, three years ago, but after oh, I, that, 
I've always said I I remember when uh, when they was in the Super Bowl uh, against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I think it was over at Adams watching it, and everybody's like, "See, oh, I'm going to the house. It's over with." I was like, "Man, I don't don't count Tom out." I said he he and he pulled that miraculous comeback. Uh, I've never been a Patriots fan and not a Brady fan, but as far as giving the dude credit, I mean, you know, he he does play in a little bit of a different air uh, to where you know. They're, they're not smacking him around like they did the old quarterbacks. Uh, so, I mean, you still got to give Joe Montana some love. Uh, but, you know, six Super Bowl rings in, in an era where, you know, it's hard to do it. Uh, there's – there's I don't think anybody will ever come close to that again. Yeah, I agree. Man, Landon, when you started talking about the character and all that, I swear I thought you was going to say Antonio Brown, man. <laughs> <laughs> It slips out sometimes, man. Deshaun Watson. So talk about Tom Brady and the Super Bowl rings, Landon. Who's your Super Bowl pick this year? Well, you know, it's it's kind of like if if I, I compare it, if to go against the guys would be kind of like going against uh, Michael Jordan in the '96 era. You know what I mean? So you just can't go past. Go against Tom Brady, you know. You just so I, I really think they got it together again, and and with him leading the team, I mean, I, I don't see anybody else winning it but them. Yeah, man, and they got they got a great great offensive core there. Uh, they're actually one of the few teams that were able to bring back all their starters from offense and defense last year. Uh, add a couple of pieces too, like Giovanni Bernard. And so, uh, if you caught our last episode, I actually picked them to be my Super Bowl contenders at pick number two. Uh, I'm kind of like you, man. It's kind of hard to go against Brady. Uh, he's got the experience. He's got that composure. And, man, he's solid. Uh, so, Landon, what we want to do right now, man, me and Marcus want to take a step away from the microphones. We want to give you this opportunity. All right? Like I said, Legion of Doom is our home league. It's a league that we just started this past year. Uh, we always like to give our guests just the microphone for a little bit. All right? And so I know if, if this was a wrestling thing, man, you would be the best promo cutter out there. And so right now we want to give you the microphone, take about however long you want to. This is your floor. Okay. Whatever you got to say to Legion of Doom, let them have it. All right. So I started this league not really knowing uh, how to even run a, a, a dynasty team. And uh, it showed. And I, I was, I'm sure everybody laughed at me and I was laughing at myself starting out uh, 0-5, 0-6, and then 1-1, and then you're 1-7. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a laughing stock. But in the end, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So we'll see in the end. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm making a charge for the playoffs, and I ain't going away, so I'm here. DDP out. <laughs> hey, man, I like it. I like it. Uh, gotta have that confidence, man. And so <laughs> I, I said a couple of weeks ago, out, outside of Robbie, I got you as one. I think Landon said this, one of the biggest heels in the league. And so I, I like it. You know, you gotta have you gotta have that swag. You gotta have that confidence. And so, man, we're we're thankful to have you in Legion of Doom. Uh, I, I'm excited to see this this comeback season take place, man. I really am. All right, so yeah, me. So what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of transition over to our uh, little segment we like to do to kind of give the listeners a break. Uh, Landon, we want you to stay on for this one, man. Give a couple of takes with us, all right? All right. 
All right, so in this segment, something we wanted to do, just kind of take, a, like I said, a break from the information overload. I know you're tired of hearing the stats, how many points these people scored and stuff like this. And so this week, the fun segment is a, the fantasy ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. I actually give Marcus all the credit for this segment. I thought it was a good idea, and so we wanted to roll it out this week. Uh, so in the Christmas book, The Christmas Story, Ebenezer Scrooge is a grumpy and heartless man who is visited by the ghosts of past, present, and future to help him transform into a more kind and charitable fellow in the Christmas season. In this week's segment, we'll be making our own fantasy ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. We'll each be looking at one NFL team and choosing one position from that NFL team. From that position, we'll choose one player of the past that played for that team that was fantasy relevant and produced some good numbers. We'll choose one player that currently plays for that team who is a stud and continues to produce at that position. Then we'll look at the next man up on that team in that position and talk about their fantasy implications for the future. For example, we could end up choosing the New York Giants and choose the wide receiver core of Odell Beckham Jr., Kenny Galladay, and Kadarius Toney. Then we'll talk about each one of them and their fantasy relevance. Sound good to y'all? Yep. Bet. Let's jump into it. So, I thought about this. And I could have went a different route. You know, I thought about going with the Chiefs and the running backs. I thought about going with a couple of the young quarterbacks like Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, all of them people. Uh, but with the team that I'm going with is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's a team that I've liked watching the past couple of years. Uh, it's a team that I've uh, – I know it's kind of controversial and stuff, man, but whenever Colin Kaepernick played with them, I love watching that dude play quarterback, leading them to a Super Bowl. And so – but today, I want to specifically not talk about their quarterbacks, not talk about their running backs, but I want to talk about this wide receiver core. So let's talk about my fantasy Christmas ghost of past, present, and future for the 49ers wide receiver group. Landon, if you had to guess who my Christmas, whatever, ghost of past in this wide receiver core 49ers, who do you think is the best wide receiver to ever play for the Niners? Oh, it's no doubt Jerry Rice, one the of the greatest one. ever. The one and only, man. You cannot get much better than Jerry Rice. This dude is arguably the best wide receiver to ever to play the game, and he actually still leads the NFL in career receiving yards. Would Listen to this, 22,895 yards. That's ridiculous. Now, this is what I found that was interesting. The second-place player, Larry Fitzgerald, is still over 5,000 yards behind him at 17,492. The only current player even close to Jerry Rice is Julio Jones, another Tennessee Titans guy for Landon, sitting in 13th position with 13,232 yards. So Jerry Rice was an absolute monster. This dude could catch the ball, but more importantly, he knew what to do with it after he caught it. He was the epitome of a yak wide receiver in his 19-year career. And so, man, like growing up and stuff, I didn't really get to watch Jerry Rice. You know, like I was born in 92, so by the time that I was able actually to pay attention to what was on TV, dude was even like way gone, you know. But, man, looking up these stats this past week and looking up some highlights of Jerry Rice, man, the guy, the guy was a beast, man. You know, like when the, when the ball was in his hands, it's like he knew exactly what to do with it. Uh, you don't see many wide receivers like that in the NFL today. Uh, what, what's your guys' take on Jerry Ross? He, uh, man, he's the GOAT, ain't no doubt, uh, when it comes to wide receivers. Uh, I actually was watching uh, Kevin Hart. He's got a, a little show on YouTube. It's called Cold as Balls, and it, uh, they get in the, in the cold tub and, and talk, and Jerry Ross was on the new season. 
And uh, he was talking about him and Deion Sanders. He said Deion was one of the only guys that could not stop him but slow him down. And uh, But, I mean, you know, you, you look at, at, at the way he performed and, and something that was a little different about Jerry Rice, if you go back and watch, not just watch him when he's catching the ball, man, the dude blocked. Uh, run block, pass block, whatever he needed to do. Uh, and that's something, you know, the receivers now, they're divas, you know, a lot of them. They don't want to get their hands dirty. And Jerry Rice done whatever he needed to do. Uh, and he wasn't the fastest and most physical guy on the field. Uh, but they asked him, uh, Kevin Hart asked him, he's like, well, how, you know, how'd you manage to do that? He said, well, I, I run like I stole something. And I, I acted like every guy on the field was out to hurt me. And he's like, so you played scared? And he's like, yeah, but it worked. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt watching uh, watching old film of him and, and Joe Montana and Steve Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's, it's you know, if, if like you – if you're not old enough to remember that, go look it up because it's, it's, you know, it's a sight to see. Yeah, and the, 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 amazing, the, the amazing thing to me is that, that Jerry Rice did it in an era where um, – you know, you're not getting penalized for going head first and mm-hmm. and, and knocking a guy's head off. You know, mm-hmm. and Jerry Rice cutting across the center of the field and getting his head knocked off and getting up and and keeps going. You know, and yeah. uh, that that's that's what amazes me that that they're you know that they weren't protecting the players back then like they are today. And uh, Jerry Rice to have those numbers in that era was is just crazy. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know some of my favorite, like Walker's what you're talking about, some of my favorite videos to watch is him and Deion Sanders. Uh, mm-hmm. Going back and watching them two guys battle, man, that was a that was almost like watching Larry and Bird, almost like watching, uh, you know, and just, just competitors out there. Uh, but talking about Jerry Rice, man, with my ghost of Christmas past, it kind of leads me to my ghost of Christmas present. Uh, I think the surprise of the year almost in fantasy is uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, this guy, man, he makes up the wide receiver core for the 49ers. Uh, over, over the course of this season, we've not only seen Debo Samuel put on a clinic, but dude has truly broke out as one of the top wide receivers in the league. Uh, before going down this past week with a groin injury, uh, Debo was actually, I think, the wide receiver three on the year and was even being used in the backfield of the 49ers offense right alongside Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Some might even say that he could play running back if he actually truly wanted to. Uh, but this year, man, he's been torching opposing defenses. Uh, like I said, he's currently sitting fourth in receiving yards in 2021, just behind Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson. He's a wide receiver that will continue to produce as long as he can remain healthy after this growing issue. I think they're saying he's only going to be out for about one week, two weeks. But, man, I don't want that to take away from what Debo Samuel has done this year. You know, like guys went out and people have drafted him in startups, like in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Um, I know me and Morgan, we play in a, in a redraft league. And right now, she's the top seed in that redraft league just because after the startup draft, she went and picked up Debo Samuel off the waiver wire first week, you know? And so, Guy was underrated, but he has been coming out and he's been torching people. Uh, I love to see him line up in the backfield. Uh, dude actually looks a lot better at running back than a lot of the running backs I see play nowadays. And so, uh, Debo Samuel, he's somebody I like to watch, somebody I know that I do not have enough shares of in fantasy. But I want to skip over talking about Debo Samuel just for time's sake, and I want to talk about this next guy up. Uh, my ghost of Christmas future that I think is going to be a stud in the NFL is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I know he's kind of a, a no-name guy for a lot of people, uh, especially if you ain't really involved in the fantasy community. 
But over the past two seasons, we've seen Brandon Ayuk produce some crazy numbers. Uh, in his rookie season of 2020, he finished his wide receiver 39. I know that don't sound great. It don't sound crazy. It was a wide receiver four, but he did it in only eight games. He really took over after Debo Samuel and George Kittle were out struggling with injuries. And I'm actually expecting him to do the same this year with Debo Samuel being out for one to two weeks. He did start the season slow, but he picked up real quick after getting out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse at the beginning of the season. Over the past four weeks, Brandon Ayuk has averaged 14.6 fantasy points and would be sitting at wide receiver 15 in that strand. He's become a solid wide receiver two or three for your fantasy team, and I'm expecting his numbers to continue to increase as he progresses in his career. If you can buy Brandon Ayuk right now in your dynasty leagues as a post-hop sleeper, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, just this past year, uh, I actually made a trade with Greg, Marcus's son, and traded him Kareem Hunt uh, straight up for Brandon Ayuk. And it's a trade that at the time, Brandon Ayuk was sucking. Uh, he wasn't doing much. Kareem Hunt was kind of going off, actually. And, dude, I would still make that trade 10 out of 10 times. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think he's set up for the future. Uh, but, man, like I said, this just was a wide receiver core that I thought of, somebody that's been on my mind this past week with Jerry Rice, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. I think if you had those three guys on the field at the same time, it'd be crazy. So, Marcus, who are you going with in this uh, in this segment? Well, I, I'm going to go with the, the Detroit Lions and their running backs, uh, but there's, there's really no present. Uh, you, you had the past of Barry Sanders, which was an awesome guy to watch. And I guess you could call him the current and the future would be uh, Swift. But mm -hmm. but there's there's a big gap in between that. Uh, but, you know, I'm a homer and uh, everybody knows, you know, I'm a Packers fan. And, man, when I was thinking about this the other day, me and you was talking about, I could just see, uh, you know, that you hear the old NFL videos. And uh, if you had the voice of Vince Lombardi just narrating the, the Christmas story. Man, that, that would sell. So, of course, I'm uh, going to go with, uh, with the, uh, the Green Bay Packers quarterbacks. Uh, you know, over the past uh, almost, what, 35, 40 years, you've had those two guys uh, doing the past and the present. So, with my, with my past, of course, would be Brett Favre. And, uh, man, I've always loved to watch him play. I've actually had him in several fantasy leagues. It was kind of a running joke. Uh, like Robbie, Robbie played with me back in the past. And when Favre had retired for the next two or three years, they left him on the, on the roster. And, uh, I would always draft Favre with my last pick, but now they've took him off and I can't do that anymore. So, uh, but that, that was actually where my love from football growed from. Uh, I wasn't really old enough to see him come out of Southern Miss, but I remember, you know, those first few years with the Packers and that's, that's what, you know, that's what grew my love to watch him play. He played like a kid, man. Uh, you don't see quarterbacks do that no more. He wasn't cool, calm, and collective. He was running across the field with his helmet, you know, up over his head, just acting acting like a big old kid. His love for the game is unmatched. You don't see anybody play like that. And, uh, you know, of course, he had his, his, his struggles. Uh, but when you think about a quarterback, Brett Favre comes to mind. Uh, he was an Iron Man, of course, played all those games without missing a game. And, and me and Luan was just talking about it the other day, you know, to play a game just hours, you know, after your dad passes away because he said that's where he wanted me to be. Uh, that's probably my favorite football game of all time was watching watching him play the Raiders that night. Uh, but, of course, a legend uh, to me, uh, my favorite football player of all times. But to move on from him uh, to the to the to the present and Aaron Rodgers, I, like I said, I don't know if any any organizations lucky enough to go from 
Favre to, to Rodgers. Uh, but, man, he's he's doing the same thing. Uh, he's a bad man. If they can get over that hump in the NFC Championship game and maybe add another Super Bowl to his to his record. Uh, but like right now, uh, they look like the best team in football. They they're actually got a running game. Their defense looks decent, but it's all led by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's got the opportunity right now with a bye week to go out. You know, he's playing on a fractured toe. And the dude is is a beast. Uh, he come out, I think it was yesterday, and said that uh, he's he's going to forego you know the surgery for right now and try to try to make sure there's nothing that stops him from coming back uh, to make that run. Uh, but same thing. Uh, not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan when it comes to you know he's he's the Packers quarterback. I like the way the guy plays, but he'll never be a Favre. Uh, but but you know he makes those that nobody else can make. And when it comes to fantasy, uh, dude's like 37-year-old. And if you've got him as your quarterback, and, and still in dynasty, I think he's got a few years to play, and he's going to win you some ball games. Uh, now, this is where it goes from being a, a Christmas story. It was kind of scary, but it goes to a horror story when I talk about the, the ghost of, of Christmas future and Jordan Love. Uh, as a Packers fan, I'm scared to death. Uh, Love hadn't shown a whole lot. He hadn't had opportunity. Uh, but the games that he's played, he looks scared. Uh, he looks unathletic. <laughs> he doesn't have the arm that Rodgers has. And uh, you can take those receivers, uh, even Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, he, he he doesn't look like he has talent to, to put those guys where they need to be. Uh, Rodgers makes those next guys after Adams look great. And you can tell what they really are when Love's in there at quarterback. So, uh, going forward, as a Packers fan, I hope they work things out with Rodgers and he gets to hang around a few more years. But, uh, you know, I talk about it often. I think he's headed, uh, I, I think, to Pittsburgh, but he's headed somewhere. I think even if he wins the Super Bowl, uh, he's out. And we're just going to have to see what love gives us. And, uh, man, I, I think they messed up with that pick, taking him where they did. I think I think that offended Rodgers, and that's one reason he's going to probably leave. But, uh, again, I don't guess I can complain. Uh, because, you know, for the last 20 years, 30 years, we've had two of the best quarterbacks to ever step on the field. So that's my take. <laughs> nice. So I know, uh, Landon, how, how crazy would it be if Aaron Rodgers ended up going to Tennessee next year? Oh, man. It would be, it'd be awesome. I mean, because we like, we like in that position so much. You know, Ryan Tannehill is okay, but you can never really count on him. Um, one week he's good, and next week he's throwing four interceptions. So it's uh, I'd love to have Aaron Rodgers on Tennessee Titans. I would make I would make my first NFL as big a football fan as I am. I've never watched an NFL game in person, but I would definitely definitely drive to Tennessee to to see that. Hey man, look, I was literally just talking to Morgan last week, and we had looked up. Uh, I think it was Dallas Cowboys at the Saints tickets for next weekend. And we almost ended up purchasing them and stuff like that. And I told her, I was like, I don't want to settle for a, a mediocre game right now. And I was like, I tell you what, Morgan, I was like, next year, opening weekend of NFL season, I was like, let's actually go somewhere for the weekend. I was like, let's go, let's go find a game like Baltimore or somewhere like that. Just either fly out, drive out, whatever, and stay the weekend and watch like a good NFL game. And I said, I, I just want to be able to pull my like not pull my phone out, but be able to watch yeah. these players play and be yeah. like, hey man, that guy just gave me six points. That's pretty cool. <laughs> See, the, the, we was going to go, I think it was two or three years ago, the Packers actually opened at New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, we ended up, we looked at tickets, and it was like 300 bucks a piece for nosebleeds. And 
I, I wished I would have went, but we had talked about it and we ended up backing out of it. And, and that's it. I mean, you've got the Saints, the Titans, and the, and the Falcons. And if I was going to go somewhere, it'd probably be uh, Tennessee because I don't care nothing about Atlanta. And I, I hate the Saints with a passion. So Hey, hey you can get a $40 plane ticket from Tupelo to, to Nashville. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fly up there, watch the game, and probably, probably fly home that night. Dude, yeah. me, me and Landis have talked about a bro trip all the time. Oh, yeah. man, it'd be fun. I, I'm so ready. Uh, yeah. But but back on, on, the, on to, the, to the past, future, and present, one of the ones that, that, that really sticks in my head that, that is really standing out is you went from Vinny Testaverde to Tom Brady and now Mac Jones, who is mimicking Tom Brady and is just he's he's he looks just like him on the field. Um, mm-hmm. So I really think Mac Jones has really got a, a bright future and no doubt. Is really is really going to put up some numbers in fantasy for uh, for me later. Hey man, yeah, you got him on the taxi <laughs> squad. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. I know, uh, man. I'm as an Alabama homer and stuff like that, dude. I'm I'm ecstatic for Mac Jones. I'm 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 happy that he's getting this opportunity. Because uh, man, I I'm I'm a firm believer that the 49ers should have taken him. Uh, that man, one of them top three teams should have taken Matt Jones instead of who they did. Lance Lance is not the answer in San Francisco. Man, it's just, <laughs> they need to give him a couple of years to develop. Uh, but man, uh, anyways, yeah, I agree with you. Though, man, I think Matt Jones is gonna be the next guy. Uh, right now, he is actually I think uh, second in the league in passing percentage. He's leading all the rookies and all the numbers. And so, dude, looks like he's a beast. Uh, I think six Bill- game win streak. Yep, Bill Belichick is going to lead them to the playoffs, and I think they're going to end up going out and getting them some wide receivers next year. Uh, yeah, and he may propose he may propose me to do a great trade at the end of this year. Yeah, man, who knows? Who knows? You know? <laughs> uh, hey, real quick before we end this uh, episode, uh, Landon, I got to know, man, what was that Christian McCaffrey trade offer last week? It was for me. Who was it? Because I don't don't remember who it was. I I, I offered you – I don't remember what the player was, but it was a player plus a first-round pick next year. I think – crap, I can't remember who I offered now. I mean, it wasn't Swift or Gibson. It was one of my other running backs. It may have been two two players in a first. But, yeah, I mean, I knew. I was like, he ain't going to accept it. But uh, I'm glad he didn't now, (laughs) (laughs) which it doesn't matter. I'm I'm prepping. I'm prepping for next year. I mean, I don't think I'm tied with you, but you've got more total points. I don't think there's any way we actually play each other this week. And yeah. Adams is on his bye, so Kyler Murray probably ain't coming back healthy. So yeah, and I hope Darren Waller continues his streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's done good up till this <laughs> like last week. He's put up 15, 20 points a week for the last four or five weeks, but he's he's hey, he's hurt. Just old and hurt. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, man, Landon, we appreciate you being on this week, man. Uh, thank you for taking the time out from your daddy duties and jumping on with us, man. I appreciate that. No problem, man. No problem. Got to go change the diaper now. So <laughs> I got you, man. Well, hey, real All quick, right. uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, supporting this show, man. We're able to grow our audience each and every week. Uh, so thank you guys for the, just the support, the listeners, the views, whatever it is. I want to thank Legion of Doom for everything they do, staying active and stuff like that. Just like Landon said, it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. And playoffs are coming up, so get your butts in order. Uh, follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends of Dynasty Podcast and Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. We look forward to this, having this show next week with another special guest and a, a fun episode, man. So we'll see y'all next week. Appreciate you guys. <laughs>